he is risen. What a beautiful way to begin our service today. Thank goodness for technology that we can go back and have our choir be with us uh, today uh, with our uh, technology. Thank you, Jessica, for putting that together. And uh, again, we're glad that uh, the choir was able to join us today. Thank you all uh, for joining us via um, live stream and via Facebook Live. We welcome you today in the name of the Lord. And he has risen. He is alive. And we celebrate that today. You join as we sing together today, crown him with many crowns. with us as our worship team leads us.
One day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. Oh, glorious day, 
message and song. I don't know about where you are, but here I am moved and I feel the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit in this place. And I pray that you feel the presence of the Lord in your car or at your house, in your family room, in your bedroom, uh, out on your porch, wherever you might be worshiping today. You know, for many weeks now, we have been Many of us have been fasting and praying. And we've been asking God to prepare us for Easter. And I pray 
today that your heart is prepared for this special day, that the Holy Spirit is going to move in a mighty way today in your life, that you might have a, a life-changing encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ on this Resurrection Sunday. And so I am humbled and honored to be a part of this special day. And again, we pray that a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit would bless you in a special way on this time of worship. But every week we have a time where we can come to the altar and pray. And again, wherever you are can be your altar. And that you can humble yourself. We can humble ourselves before an Almighty God. We can come to Him with our praise and our adoration and our thanksgiving for how great He is. Or we can cry out to Him in our worry, our fear, our anxiety, our anxiousness, our sin, our guilt, our addiction, our pride, whatever it might be, that we can cry out to the Lord and He will meet us right where we are. And so I invite you at this time, wherever you might be, and you're welcome to get down on your knees, wherever you might be, or you can stand, or you can lift your hands to the Lord, however the Holy Spirit leads. I invite you to join me as we pray together. Oh God, we have come today to celebrate the risen Lord. We have come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have come, God, to, to stand to acknowledge how great our God is and how powerful and how awesome He is. And Father, we come at this time just humbling ourselves before You, trusting that You will lift us up. And God, there are a lot of folks watching today that need to be lifted up. Father, lift us up again from our sin. Lift us up from our worry or our fear. Lift us up from our anxiousness. Lift us up from our pride, from our guilt. Lift us up, God, from our unforgiveness. Lift us up, God, from our anger, from our addiction. Father, lift us up from our lostness and bring salvation to us this day. And Lord, I just am so grateful for this time that we can worship and that we can acknowledge again our faith and trust in You. And Father, I pray that as people are watching that, that maybe there's some family members or loved one that, that's never received Christ as their Lord and Savior. May this be the day of salvation on this Easter Sunday. May someone's life be dramatically changed for eternity. And Father, we continue to pray that this horrible virus would end soon. And Father, that no more lives would be lost. Continue to bless all of our leaders, our president, our Corona Task Force, our governor. Father, the, the doctors and nurses and medical professionals and firemen and paramedics and policemen and God, all those who are on the front lines, bless them and protect them and bless their families. And Father, I pray that you would bless and protect all of our families and protect this church family. 
that Father, we would be safe and we would be healthy. And Father, we just pray that through it all, you're going to bring revival and spiritual awakening. And Father, that we're gonna see lives transformed for the better. And Father, we just come today again just to worship you and to praise you and to glorify you. And Lord, I pray that when this day is over, we would know, God, that it was great to have worshiped you wherever we might be. And Father, that we sensed your Holy Spirit and your presence. So God, I just pray now that your Holy Spirit would continue to move that you would continue to sing and play through our musicians, play and sing through Grayson in just a moment, God. And the Lord, speak through your word and your servant that again, we might point people to the hope we have in Jesus Christ. For we love you and we praise you and we thank you. We ask all these things in the strong and holy and powerful name of our risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, wherever you might be, I invite you to join me as we'll be reading out of Matthew chapter 28. And I'm so thankful today that Grayson Thurman, again, uh, one of our college students here at Forks is going to be coming to lead us. Grayson, thank you so much for being here this morning and sharing your gifts and talents. I thank you for the ladies that played the organ and piano so beautifully and for all of our worship team that's here. Thank you all. And for those that are making this possible in the sound booth and our screens and our videographer, thank you all for being here today. And and I pray that, again, you might feel the presence of the Lord. Begin with verse 1, Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. 
Thank you, Grace, and what a beautiful message and song, and what a beautiful, beautiful way to worship the Lord on this Easter Sunday. I always like to share a little humor at the beginning of a message, and again, the, the key word is a little humor with you, but I pray that you might find some, some joy and peace on this Resurrection Sunday. But the other day, I went to the grocery, and I went to get some eggs, and I couldn't find eggs anywhere. And finally, I went up to the manager and I said, uh, sir, are you all out of eggs? And he said, no, uh, we hid eggs all over the store as a promotion for Easter. So I was looking for eggs all around the store. But not only have people been looking for eggs during this season that we're in, people have been looking for love. Maybe you saw the post on Facebook where a man was looking for love. It said, single man with Perel and Lysol seeking single woman with toilet paper to have some good clean fun. Did you all see that? No laugh track today. I know you're laughing hysterically wherever you might be, but I always like to lighten the load a little bit before we share the good news. But I have to tell you, this Easter is one of the most unusual Easter's that we've ever had. No doubt this is different than any other Easter that we have ever had. But I was thinking instead of us saying, wow, this is, this is the worst Easter ever, why couldn't this be one of the best Easters that we've ever had? Did you realize with many churches using Facebook Live and live stream and social media, we're probably reaching more people this Easter than we ever have before. And not only are we reaching more people, but think about the money that you're saving. You did not have to buy a new Easter outfit, a new suit, or a new dress, or new shoes, or a new hat. Some of you might be worshiping right now in your Easter PJs. And we're just thankful that we can have this time where we can worship together. You know, some of you might be worshiping with your whole family for the first time ever. On Easter, maybe it was like pulling teeth to try to get everyone to come to church together. And maybe now, because you're all at home together, you're worshiping together as a whole family for the first time, or at least for the first time in a long time. I had one of our sweet members to text me just a week or so ago and said that the four children that she had reared, which she brought up taking them to church, they were able to worship together for the first time as a whole family, the first time in 50 years they were able to worship by live stream together. 
So God is blessing even through these means. And even though I miss you dearly, and it's not the same as if you were here, but the fact is we are worshiping and glorifying God, even though it's different than normal. But over the last several weeks, we've been hearing our president, we've been hearing our governor, we've been hearing the Corona Task Force share things with us such as 15 days to slow the spread. Uh, let's uh, curve the impact. Um, stay home. Stay healthy. We're all in this together. We're going to get through this. We've heard these phrases and words so many times. And what does this mean? What it means is they're trying to give us hope. They're trying to give us hope. Maybe you've heard it said that human beings can, can live 40 days without food. Human beings can live uh, four days without water. Human beings can live four minutes without air. But we cannot live four seconds without hope. Hope is essential to our survival. And when we read in our Scripture today about the two Marys going to the tomb early on that, Monday, on that Sunday morning, we see them, Mary Magdalene, the one whom seven demons have been cast out. She was a follower of Christ. She was with Jesus through the bogus trials, through His crucifixion, and now at the resurrection. And and she loved Jesus dearly. And then the other Mary in this story was probably Mary, the wife of Clopas, that we do not know a lot about. Could have been the mother of James and John, but these two women had gone to the tomb, we learn in Luke's Gospel, to anoint the body of Jesus with spices because the Jews did not believe in embalming the body. They went to anoint the body with these spices to show as an act of devotion and love. And even though these women loved Jesus dearly, they really did not expect to find the tomb empty. I would say when they were headed to the tomb, they had some hopelessness. And what's the definition of hopelessness? Hopelessness is a state of despair. It's a feeling associated with helplessness or a loss. And it's possible that today you're feeling some hopelessness in your life. Because of what we're going through, you're experiencing a, a feeling of tartness or you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And maybe that's what those ladies were feeling. But I pray today that we would have a sense of expectation. That's what hope is. Webster defines hope that it is a desire with expectation. Desire accompanied with expectation. And I pray today that we would expect a great God to do great things in our lives. Because without Him, we could do nothing. Without the hope of Jesus Christ, 
We have nothing. So I pray on this Easter Sunday that you would trade in your hopelessness and that you would find hope in Jesus Christ. And how do we find this hope? First, we must let go of our fear. In our Scripture passage in verse 2 of Matthew chapter 28, it says, there was a violent earthquake. Did you know Matthew's Gospel is the only Gospel that records an earthquake at both the crucifixion and the resurrection? And when these women went to the tomb, there had been an earthquake and an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and rolled back the stone and sat on it. But there was a violent earthquake Many of you today would probably agree with me that this coronavirus has been like a violent earthquake that has shaken the foundations of the world like no other earthquake has ever shaken before. That it has literally shaken us to the point where many of us are afraid. We have fear. And today, fear cripples us. Fear paralyzes us. Fear prevents us from being our best for the Lord. And I pray today, it said in, in verse 4, that the guards shook and they became like dead men. But the angel said to the women in verse 5, do not be afraid. And maybe you are afraid today. What are you afraid of? You're afraid of getting this virus. You're afraid that a loved one will get this virus. You are afraid that you're going to lose your job. You're afraid that you're not going to have any retirement. You're afraid that you might kill one of your children or your spouse before this quarantine is over. You're afraid maybe, as some have said to me, that the end is near. But I want to encourage you today. I want to give you hope today. When we let go of this fear, we are assured that the Lord is with us. All through the Scriptures, we see God reminding us of His presence and that He is with us. We look in the Old Testament. He said to Isaac, do not be afraid, for I am with you. He said to Moses, do not be afraid, for I am with you. He said to Jeremiah, do not be afraid, for I am with you. He said to the shepherds out in the fields through the angel Gabriel, do not be afraid. He said to His disciples on the boat, and He says to us, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And today we must be reminded that the Lord promises to be with us. Last week, we shared Hebrews 13.5, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Because we have the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Lord with us. And then we're reminded in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, that perfect love casts out or drives out fear. That's the perfect love of Jesus Christ. There is no fear of judgment or punishment when we are in Christ. And I'm so grateful that the perfect love of God 
drives out our fear. And do you remember what Paul wrote to his young son in the ministry, Timothy, who seemed to battle uh, not having the confidence and the self-esteem? He said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, For God did not give us a spear of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And I'm so grateful today that we do not have to have a, a spirit of fear or timidity. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew writer wrote in Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We have an anchor to hold on to in the midst of this storm. As I was preparing for this message and praying about God's direction, I remembered how years ago, after one of our evening services, there was a storm that was brewing. The wind always blows on this hill where the church is. For years I've said it's the Holy Spirit that's blowing on this hill. But this particular evening, there was a storm that was brewing. My daughter Sophie, who's now as tall as I am, and she's 14, was a, was a little girl. And I remember that the wind was so strong in the back parking lot that it was literally lifting her up a little bit off of the pavement. Sophie was scared. She was terrified. And I'll never forget what my little girl said to me. She turned and said, Hold me, Daddy. Hold me, Daddy. And I quickly scooped up my daughter and I embraced her firmly to give her the security that she was okay. Some of you here today need to reach out and embrace our Heavenly Father and say, Father, Daddy, hold me. Hold me. And He will keep us safe until the storm passes by. Today, if we have hope, then we must let go of our fear. But then secondly, we must look for Jesus or look to Jesus. We must look for Jesus or look to Jesus. The angel went on to say, I know in verse 5 that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. I know, he said, that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. You know, before this coronavirus hit, many of us have been praying for revival and for spiritual awakening. That's, that's been our prayer. I believe that we're going to see revival and spiritual awakening. As a matter of fact, we're already seeing signs of revival and spiritual awakening. Would it be possible that some of us prior to this virus hitting was looking to the wrong things? Is it possible that we had made gods out of things here on this earth? Is it possible that we were worshiping sports? Is it possible that we were worshiping money? Is it possible that we were worshiping our work? Is it possible that we were worshiping substances? Is it possible that we were worshiping entertainment? Is it possible that we had made gods out of our earthly possessions 
or our earthly desires. Do y'all remember what the first commandment was of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3? You shall have no other gods before me. And I'm afraid that some of us have been guilty of making gods out of these temporary things. And as a result, this coronavirus has brought us down to our knees and possibly our spiritual eyes are being opened to see that we had placed the wrong gods on the throne of our hearts and our lives. And it would be my prayer that this Easter we would look to Jesus. We would place Him on the throne of our hearts and lives. Do you remember in Jeremiah 29.13, the Lord said, You will seek Me and you will find Me when you seek Me with all of your heart. And then in that great passage we share quite often, Matthew 6.33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Why not during this coronavirus through this season of unrest or anxiety or fear, that we would begin to look for Jesus more than we've ever looked for Him before and allow Him to fill us with His power and fill us with His love. You know, years ago, I, I grew up in the 80s, and uh, there was a, a rock group, U2, that had a hit song in 1987 I still haven't found what I'm looking for. The group, the band themselves, described this song as a gospel song with a restless spirit. But a lot of us are like that song. We still haven't found what we're looking for. We have a God-shaped hole or void in our hearts that we try to fill with everything else but Jesus Christ who will satisfy. And until we allow Christ to come into our hearts and lives, we are going to be a restless spirit. We're always going to be restless because we will never be satisfied. Won't you look for Jesus today on Easter and allow Him to satisfy and to fill that void in your heart? I also thought about an old movie where Tom Hanks was the star Forrest Gump. Y'all remember the movie Forrest Gump? And do you remember one particular scene? Forrest had gone to celebrate the holidays with his old buddy, Lieutenant Dan. And as they were watching the Bob Hope uh, holiday special, giving comfort to the, to the military personnel, out of the blue, Lieutenant Dan, who had lost both his legs in the war, in those wheelchair looked over to Forrest, out of the blue, he said, have you found Jesus yet, Gump? And do you remember what Forrest said? I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for Him, sir. <laughs> and there are so many people that don't know that they're supposed to be looking for Jesus. That's why they've never found satisfaction. That's why they've never found contentment. It also reminds me of that old funny story about the pastor that was doing a baptism service down by the river and 
an old man who was intoxicated, he was drunk, stumbles onto the to the baptism or baptismal service, and he walks right out into the water and stands beside the preacher and looks at him. The preacher smells the alcohol and sees that the man is intoxicated, and he said, Mister, would you like to find Jesus? And he said, Well, yes, I would, Reverend. And do you remember that the pastor baptized him and brought him back up? And he said, have you found Jesus? And the, the man responded, no. And then the preacher put him down again and held him a little bit longer and brought him up. And he said, how about now, brother? Have you found Jesus? The man said, no, preacher, I haven't. So this time the preacher's going a little bit impatient and angry he holds the man down for 30 seconds and he finally lifts him up and kind of angrily the preacher said, how about now, man? Have you found Jesus yet? And the man coughing and wiping his eyes said, no, I haven't, but are you sure this is where he fell in? And so many people have been looking for Jesus and yet they've been looking in all the wrong places. You will seek Him and find Him when you seek Him with all of your heart. And I pray this Easter that, that you would look for Jesus, that you would look to Jesus. He gives us hope. But then lastly today, that we would love Jesus and we would love others. That we would find hope in loving Jesus and loving others. The angel said in verse 6, he said, I know in verse 5 that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Verse 6, he said, He is not here. He has risen just as He said. Come and see the place where He lay and then go tell His disciples. Jesus had told His disciples many times what was going to take place. In Luke chapter 9, verse 22, He said, for the Son of Man uh, would be uh, crucified, put to death, but then He would be raised on the third day. We know that He would suffer many things and be rejected by the chief priests, the teachers, and the elders. But yet He said that He must be killed and be raised on the third day. He had told them many times, yet they could not fully understand. You know, it's my prayer today because the tomb is empty, we would find hope. You've heard it said and shared and many of you have sent to me. Church buildings might be empty this Easter, but so is the tomb. So is the grave. And I'm so grateful today because of the empty tomb, we have hope in Jesus Christ. And because we have hope in Him, we are to believe in Him. Do you remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And I'm so grateful for that hope that we have. 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
And I pray today that not only would we believe, but that we would love Jesus. We would have a love relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you remember when one of the teachers of the law came to Jesus in Mark chapter 12? And he said, out of all the commandments, which is the most important one? And Jesus said, the greatest one is this, in verse 30, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And then he said, the second is this, in verse 31, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a message that Jesus was trying to get through to his disciples. Do you remember when they were in the upper room when he had washed their feet in John chapter 13 and verse 34? Jesus said, A new command I give you. You must love one another as I have loved you. Therefore, you should love one another. And then verse 35 All people will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Not only do we love Jesus, but we give hope to others by loving them with the love of the Lord. And I want to tell you this. I want to confess something to you. This happens every Easter, really every Sunday when I preach. But I was praying as well as I'm sure a lot of other pastors across the, the country and the world I wanted to say something profound for this Easter. I wanted to say something that would be really important for someone. You know, I never feel like I can live up to the expectations on Easter anyway or Christmas. I always feel like this is our, this is our one shot. You know, people may not be there any other time of year, but they might come Easter or they might come Christmas. So you got to make it count. You got to make it stick. You want it. You want it to be profound, something good. And, and I have to tell you, as I was preparing for this message, I picked up an old Mike Slicato book who's a, a pastor and an author. I've read many of his books through the years. And, and I felt like he was addressing what I was feeling. It was an old book. No wonder they called him the Savior. Maybe some of you have read it. And right in the introduction of that book, he tells about an encounter he had with a, a young college student at a Canadian university years ago. The young man's name was Ian. He said he had a deep Irish brogue. He had deep, dark eyes. And he had learned that Mike Slicato was on campus and he knew who he was. And he came up to Mike Slicato and he said, Tell me what really counts. Tell me what really matters. Get to the essence. What is it that counts the most? And Max Licato said he was there with his coffee, stirring his coffee. The young man was stirring his coffee. And the young man went on to say, don't talk to me about religion. He said, I grew up in a church. Don't Mention theology. I have a degree in that. So don't talk to me about theology. I've taken the classes. I've taken the languages. I've done the exegesis. He said, don't, don't talk to me about that. Just tell me what really matters, what really counts, what's most important. And Mike Slicato said he had a million things 
running through his mind. He said, I, I could have talked to him about the church. I could have given him some doctrinal answer. He said, I, I could have used that powerful, traditional passage, 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. He said, none of that seemed to, to fit. He went on to say, maybe I, I, I should have said something about sexuality or prayer or I should have uh, said something more profound. But he said, all of that seemed too small. And then he said, I should have talked about maybe the evils of the world or the essence of heaven. But that didn't seem to fit. He said, then I, I started saying, well, maybe I should talk about, you know, the, the importance of the Old Testament or maybe the importance of the New Testament or the importance of baptism or or maybe the importance of God's grace. But he said none of that seemed to be appropriate. And then he said, well, maybe I should have said John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Maybe I should have said Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. Maybe I should have quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. But he said none of those seemed appropriate. And the young man had said, I was studying to be in the ministry, but then I quit. Something just didn't click. I know that there's something there, but I just don't know what it is. What's really important? What really matters? And Mike Cicado said, I'm sorry to say, I didn't have an answer. With everything that I knew, he said, I didn't have an answer. And then he said, years later, he knows now how he would have answered what really counts, what's, what really matters the most. And he said it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 5. He said, for what I received, Paul wrote, I passed on to you as of first importance. Most importance. Christ was crucified for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, and to the twelve, even though Judas had already died, they still referred to the original apostles as the twelve, even though in the Gospels and in Acts it says the 11. But he said, that's what I would have told him of first importance. What really mattered was that Christ died for our sins and that He rose on the third day. He said, if you could put it all into one simple word, the cross. The cross is what really matters for you and for me, because it was what Jesus did on the cross that saved us for eternity. And maybe during this season, as you've sat around the table with your families, maybe you've been able to ask yourself that question. At the end of the day, what counts the most? What's really most important in our lives? It's not the sporting events. It's not the entertainment. It's not our work. What, 
What's most important is that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and put Him on the thrones of our hearts and lives. That's what's most important. About a week and a half ago, I received an email from a gentleman. And it said, Todd, my family and I were planning on being baptized around Easter, either before or shortly thereafter. And because of this coronavirus, I don't know when that's going to happen. He said, and I, I don't know that the end is near. I, I believe Jesus might be coming back soon. He said, can my family and I pray to receive Christ and we'll be saved? So I sent back a response and I said to him, and, and you remember a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday night, I prayed with the gentleman that one of our church members' neighbor prayed to receive Christ. Well, this is a different family, and this gentleman, I gave him a response telling him to pray this prayer. And I said, this is just the beginning of living a long life for Christ and following Him and repenting from your old ways and old habits and walking in newness of life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is come. And, and I shared with him that this would be the beginning of living a life for Christ. I said, your family can pray it or I'll pray it with you. Let me know how I can help. I was concerned that I hadn't heard from him. And then yesterday morning, I received an email from him and he said, Todd, I just wanted to share with you that it was there on Good Friday, his family was around the table having dinner. And he said, we all prayed to receive Jesus Christ. And he said, I just wanted to let you know. And happy Easter to you. And we look forward to worshiping with you tomorrow on live stream. I'm so grateful. I rejoice with my friend James and his family that they prayed to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior because they knew Christ is our only hope. And I'm so proud of you, church family, that a couple of weeks ago I issued a challenge to you, a cross challenge, that we would show the message of Christ to all those around us by placing a cross in our front yards or in our yard somewhere and I'm so grateful for many of you who, who turned in pictures. Uh, Jessica said there were so many she couldn't get them all in. But thank you for loving Jesus enough and loving others enough to place a cross in her yard as a symbol of the hope we have in Jesus Christ. That through His blood, we have been cleansed, saved from our sin. We've overcome the world through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. And I pray today that we would worship our risen Lord like never before as we lift up the cross of Jesus Christ. I believe I overcome 
together. Oh God, thank You for the message of the cross. We thank You for the good news of Jesus Christ that You would love us so much that You would die on the cross to save us from our sins. That You would be buried and three days later You would be raised from the grave, from the tomb to show that we have victory over death, victory over our sin. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, right now that if there are any folks who have never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to You, with the uncertainty of tomorrow, we can be sure today of our salvation in Jesus Christ. I pray that there would be some like this family who prayed around the table to receive Christ, that many might pray today, dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask You to come into my heart 
Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Father, if they could pray a simple prayer much like that and invite you to come in and, and confess their sin and turn from their, Father, old ways and old habits and begin to walk in newness of life, that they would feel a peace through this storm. And they would hold on to their Father and experience God's new life in Christ. Thank you for the message of the cross. Thank you for the message of the empty tomb. I pray, God, that we would pledge our love to you today and our love to others. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. At this time, we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. And if you want to give your life to Christ, you can do it wherever you might be. Maybe you're going to share with your wife or your husband or your children or your children are going to share with you or a grandparent that today you're giving your life to Christ Easter 2020 or maybe you've been wanting to renew your commitment to the Lord you're going to put him first place from here on out he's going to be number one he's what's really the most important make him Lord over your life or maybe you want to join this church family We've had some folks to already do that during this season. You can email us or call or text, and I'm happy to talk with you. Our staff will talk with you, pray with you about your decision. But don't put it off any longer. He's been waiting for you and for me. Once you give your life to him, even now, as we sing this beautiful hymn of invitation.
I want to thank you so much for worshiping with us on this Easter. Again, know how much I love you. We love you. We miss you dearly. But I'm so thankful that we could worship again through live stream and Facebook Live and social media. I hope and pray that you will continue to worship with us on Wednesday evenings and again on Sundays. And thank you for worshiping during these Holy Week services. Truly, it's been a blessing. And again, we pray that you and your family stay healthy and that you would feel the, the presence of the Lord wherever you might be, that we will keep praying until we can be back together again. Keep the faith. Thank you for your faithfulness, for your words of encouragement and your love. And please know that you will be receiving some questions right after this service uh, that if you and your family want to discuss around the table, again, this message that we've heard today. But again, we, we love you, and we wish you and your family a blessed Happy and healthy Easter. Thanks also to Jessica Schweitzer for putting together uh, the video presentation of the crosses. Thank you, Jessica. And again, for all of you who sent in pictures. Bill, at this time, would you close us with a song? <laughs>